Hey dude, Flicks Anonymous. I don't know, it's just awesome. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man, man. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. Plan B is, is just to keep on giving her. Like, you, you work hard. That's what's that, that plan? Yeah, that's a plan right there. The guy opens his door and gets shot. You think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flix Anonymous on the Cannabis Life Network, the LeagueofManChildren.com, and the DailyHive.com. I'm Steve Stebbing. That's Trevor I'm Duick. Trevor Duick. And uh, we're now at episode 40. So we're Big like... Big four zero. That's a good round number. Yeah, we, we, and we were doing our, our goalie series, and we were like, ah, oh, we should switch it up or something. And now this is... What we switched it to is kind of like yeah. al almost just an advertisement for what I'm doing. We just like to talk about a little bit of stuff mm -hmm. outside of movies for about, you know, a couple minutes. Yeah. So it's like our sponsor kind of thing. We're, this episode is brought to you by... Uh, this week is brought to you by... Uh, we're doing our wrestler series for the oh, next wrestling. 10 episodes. Okay. So uh, this episode is brought to you by Hulk Hogan. Oh, really? Yeah, which seems very generic. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you're bringing a wrestler and then you're bringing the wrestler that everybody knows. But... We've got to start off with the... It's actually Hulk... The, it's Hulk Hogan's birthday on the 11th of August. This episode's out on the 12th, so... Greatest of all time? He is... Well, yeah, he is... Would you call him the greatest of all time? I would call him up there in the greatest of all time. Uh, I, I, for me, uh, I, I might hold Ric Flair a little higher. Is it because has Hogan been tainted over the years a little bit? A little bit, eyes? a little bit. But yeah. I would also say Ric Flair uh, arguably was doing it for longer. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Rhodes was doing it for longer. The uh, Rock. I think you can make an argument for The Rock. For The Rock, uh, I would. I might put Shawn Michaels ahead of The Rock, even. Really? Yeah. He's the yeah. Show, he, he. I mean, Stone John Cold. Michaels, I mean, Stone Cold. I mean, the Attitude Era was and, built upon him. But he had a him. shortened career. Like, what would have his career been if he hadn't injured his neck? Yeah. Like, it would have been big. But why are we doing wrestlers? Is uh, you know, kind of to promote what I'm doing as well because I do a show called BS from the Turnbuckle. Yes, you do. Uh, that you can find on the Omni app. Uh, it's me and my friend Brian Constantine, and we do it every week. We talk wrestling, what's going on on Raw, SmackDown, all that kind of stuff, as mm -hmm. well as TNA and our uh, Ring of Honor, because I watch those as well. Yeah, you're a big wrestling nerd. Yeah, I got... And, and I am, and, too. And, and very recently back into it for mm -hmm. me, too, so it's, it's kind of weird. But you actually posed a question to me before... Well, no, I was on. just wondering, you're talking about Hogan. Do you mm -hmm. like... Did, what was your favorite Hogan? 80s Hogan, or...? Well, 80s Hogan meant a lot to my childhood, or NWO, but Hogan. NWO th that whole switch. Like I was watching at the time where where Hogan did the heel turn and all of a sudden became Hollywood Hogan, and I think it's massively pivotal to wrestling yeah. because it is the the biggest and arguably the greatest heel turn of all time. Yeah, I liked Shawn Michaels and the Rockers, the whole thing where he turned on Marty Jannetty. That was good, anyway, too. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. But and then Hogan did a lot of movies. Yes, exactly. Like Suburban Commando, Mr. Nanny, 
uh, No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred was actually uh, one of my favorites. When, when they even tried to get his villain from that movie, Zeus. Yeah. They tried to make him a wrestler. It was t- Tony Tiny Lister. Yes, right. He, they, they, brought they brought him, him in, in as Zeus, and he was so bad. Yeah. He was so bad. He could not work in ring at all. He just could not do it. So he might as well have been setting up the ring. He was so terrible. Yeah, that's so, too bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Because WWE sad. used him in a storyline yes. and everything. Yeah. yeah. Arguably the best actor to come out of is The Rock. The Rock has had the best career as far yeah. as uh, as far as movies when it comes to uh, the WWE. I would say Roddy Piper or Roddy Piper. But I mean, as far as box office success, yeah, the Rock right. has oh, for to sure. have it hand down, hands yeah. down. So let's move on from talking about wrestling, even though I could talk about it. No for kidding. Hours. <laughs> that was hours. Like, it was supposed to be a couple of minutes, and that I turned know. Into like I, a I, diatribe of pro wrestling. Sorry about that. Yeah, I could talk about it for hours, and you can find that on BS from the Turnbuckle. There you go. Plug. Anyway, so we have four wide releases this week, and we have four limited releases. So let's get into the first one. Uh, Disney is continuing on this reimagining, live action reimagining of a lot of their animated classic films. Uh, This new one wasn't fully animated, it was half animated, half live action, but this is full live action with some CG. This is Pete's Dragon. Take a look. Yeah. Pete. Is Elliot your imaginary friend? What's imaginary? Well, it's where you make someone up in your head so that you have someone to talk to. It keeps you from being lonely. Oh boy, wasn't bad. Uh, Oaks Figley. Are they funny? Yeah. It was okay. Sure. Yeah? I compared to Neil Sethi from uh, Jungle Book. I guess they can do whatever you want them Similar. to. Similar. Okay. That's yeah. what makes I wasn't, didn't have to do much. Yeah. Are you my imaginary friend too? Know the lines, be able to say them a certain way. Yeah. I'm real. Are you? Yeah. So is Ellie. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little jealous, man. I, I, I really? kind of really wanted to see that one. I yeah. was jealous because... Uh, I know, we got this vice, but I, I would have chose either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it, It's just kind of one of those things. I think I would have stuck with what I saw. But yeah, I, I still there's a big part of me that still wants. Okay, to well, this. and people are always drawn to Disney, and Disney's had a really big year. They've had a lot of great releases. So yeah, when I uh, went into this, I went in with a pretty open mind. Yeah, um, I knew that this was a family film. If you remember the original, I grew up watching the original. It, it didn't really it wasn't one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I definitely remember watching it and being sort of taken into that sort of magic world of a kid and a dragon. Yeah, right. So I was open minded when I went into this one. Um, knowing what the target market was, but man, I just, it's just like, it's a frothy, just, uh, you know, go into 11 on the cheese factor, oh, family film, good, wholesome Mormon fun, oh, you know what I mean? Bad. Fun for the whole family, Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm surprised they didn't have a nice little tight little message at the end, call this number to save the forests. <laughs> you know, it's, oh, um, but. Is, I mean, that, I mean, and that's a good thing, but you don't want to be over preachy with that. No, kind of and message. they weren't over preachy. It wasn't, okay. it didn't, it wasn't that heavy handed. I'm actually happy they didn't, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it easily could have. It's, um, it's one of those films that uh, there's a target market for because there are parents, and we've, we're both parents, who when they want their kids to watch a movie, they want something safe, and this movie is like take to Sunday school safe. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> I'm, not saying it's, I'm not saying is there any religious undertones or anything yeah. like that, it's just a very safe film. No one gets hurt. Yeah. Except for the girl, she skins her knee. Oh, so Jesus. Yeah. And I mean, it's got an interesting cast to it, because I mean, it's got Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Robert Redford, uh, the, yes. young, the young kid is uh, Oakes Fegley. 
Uh, Carl Urban's in this one. Wes Bentley. Like it, it's got a likable cast. It's a likable cast. Yeah. Um, Wes Bentley, I think, was like almost like an extra. In oh, really? Times he just, just wasn't in it very much, and he was a very kind of cardboardy type oh, character. Just really kind of um, oh shucks, Disney film. Um, so there's a little bit of overacting, but it's there's a little bit of magic in it, and I think kids are gonna like it. Um, because it's just about a boy and his little fuzzy, cute dragon. See, when I like, see, it's not Game of Thrones dragon. It's fluffy little green, you know, <laughs> we, we've lovable been, dragon. Yeah, it's a dog we, with wings. Yeah, okay? we, we've been, we've been a little shifted by uh, HBO in our, yeah, in our thoughts I, of what dragons are. Yeah, so you know, it's I'm gonna give it a solid three. Okay. Out of five, I just don't want to kick it too much because it's yeah. there's a market out there, and I understand that as a parent. Yeah. Like, for sure, uh, the the Rotten score, uh, Rotten Tomato score on this one's 85. The last time I checked, uh, 71 on the Metascore. That might be different now that you're look now that you're looking at it on a Friday. Um, but yeah, I still have in my heart to kind of want to see it. Yeah, your daughter would really enjoy I, it. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's good that it's not too big and too scary. Mm -mm. So that's good. He's a friendly giant there or a friendly uh, dragon. Very nice. Can, yeah. All right, so let's uh, move on to the next new release for this week. Uh, this one, essentially, this is uh, Meryl Streep's Oscar entrance uh, this year. Oh, really? Uh, it is a true story. This comes from uh, Philomena and the Queen director Stephen Frears to, looking to make up for that Lance, uh, that Lance Armstrong movie. Yeah. Also has Hugh Grant in this movie. This mm. is called Florence Foster Jenkins. Take a look here. They really should. Stop they really that. should. There's work to be done. But you've never sounded better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My stress. you. It is true that he looks a bit older too, eh? Are on the decline. I think they age him up a bit in this movie. I seem to just get better and better. I know. And uh, so Simon Hellberg from Big Bang Theory. I wonder how old no, he is. I am so blessed. I think he's got to be fifty. There is yeah. no At least like low fifties though. Like mm. Um. So this is a true story. Uh, Florence Flo Florence Foster Jenkins was a a, a New York uh, music socialite who. Um, loved music and always, always uh, paid money for the opera and always endorsed and everything. Was, uh, used uh, her her wealth to 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 kind of help a lot of people in yeah. that community. Um, that she had this dream that she wanted to sing herself. Right. And, but she has all these yes men, including her husband uh, Hugh Grant, who is just like you're you're so good, but she's really atrocious. Yeah, I heard. Um, yeah. But it. I, I think this movie is incredibly charming. Uh, uh, Meryl Streep is fantastic. I, I think it's very hard for her to turn into a phoned-in terrible role. No. She's, she's always got so much of her soul into into this one. Well, as, they, as I said, they can make a Meryl Streep Oscar They're award. Really, yeah, they just give it to her every year. Here you go, Meryl. Yeah, exactly. You didn't it's, ruin in anything? That's okay. That's make okay. You'll, you'll probably make something really great yeah. soon. <laughs> um, Hugh Grant's fantastic in this one. Uh, Simon Helberg from uh, who plays uh, Howard Wolowitz on uh, the, the Big Bang Theory, right? Also very good in this movie. I thought this movie was pretty interesting. It's very fluffy and it's very charming. So uh, okay. your older crowd's going to eat this one up. Oh really? Oh for sure. Uh, the, yeah. the, it's a ninety-two percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, sixty-nine on Metascore. Um, I'm going to give it a three, and a, a three and a half out of five. I, I thought it was a very enjoyable film, and, and I saw it this morning, so it was very nice 10.30 in the morning film to just kind of sit down and be like, ah. 
This is a Downton Abbey crowd. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this I is think like so. British period though, piece. Well, right? yeah, though it takes place in in New York. New York, right? New York, right, right. I mean, right, the only right, British right. person in this film is Hugh Grant. Okay, right. So, uh, okay, so it's a period piece. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yeah. Which is really hot right now. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. It's in the it's in the 40s. It's in the 40s because she does mention the war a couple times and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a, a massive recovery for Stephen Frears after uh, the program, which was not so good. But do you remember Philomena from a couple of years ago? I was Academy Award nominated with Judy Dench and uh, Steve Coogan. It rings a bell. Yeah, uh, I think it kind of sways back to that uh, that crowd of, okay. of uh, that, that target market. So uh, th- those people are really going to love Florence Foster Jenkins. And it's, it's a nice film to take grandma to or mom or whatever. Yeah, so why not? Go. Yeah. yeah. Why not? So uh, have a piece of pie. After. That's ex- exactly it. So now let's get to the movie that I saw tonight that I just got out of. Uh, this movie is insane. Uh, we've been waiting for it f- for a long time. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg promised promised to make us an R-rated computer animated comedy, the first of yes. its kind. It's not the first R-rated animated film. That'd be South Park. That'd be South Park and a few other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is uh, this is about food that is sentient and it knows that it's going home to you, but it doesn't know what you're going to do to it when you get home. <laughs> this is Sausage Party. We live our lives with all these rules and some of them stop us from doing the things we want. Causing our deepest urges to be suppressed when they are gathering like wild fire between our legs. Did you say between our legs? Look, Brenda, I'm going to come clean. I have feelings for you, I can't deny. Crotch feelings. Crotch? Sorry, but I'm not a soft taco. I'm a hard, horny taco. (laughs) Oh, yes. This movie is just crazy. It's just so fucking insane, because I mean, it's got an insane storyline, um, but then at the base of it, it's about food wanting to find a direction, but that direction seems to just be fucking other food. Like, this film is almost pornographic with its food. The, the, the fi- finale of this thing is just, I can't even describe how crazy this <laughs> film is, but the cast is just fucking fantastic. Nice. I mean, Seth Rogen uh, is, the, is, is, the, the, is Frank, the lead wiener. In this one, you have uh, you have Michael Sarah as Barry, uh, a malformed wiener. Yeah. Uh, the the love interest uh, is uh, Brenda, which is a, a bun played by uh, Kristen Wiig. You have a bagel played by uh, Edward Norton, who's doing a Woody Allen impression the whole movie. Wow. Um, this movie's crazy. Salma Hayek right there, horny oh, taco. Just keep rubbing it in. It's this film's fucking crazy. Like I can't even begin to describe how crazy this. You're giving movie me a goes. purple nurple with your words. I I, I really am. Oh. And and it's short. It's like an hour and twenty six minutes. Like it's very very short. Um, and just constant gag after constant gag um, and all Seth Rogen's buddies. Uh, I was a little uh, deterred to find out that Jay Baruchel was in in this disease and sorry, there are a few people that are like, hey, there's probably a room for these guys, but uh, I just, you don't really know what you're getting into this movie and seeing yeah. the, tra- the trailers. Well, you probably think you know what you're getting into when you see the trailers. You have no idea. You have no fucking idea crazy. what this movie is like. Oh, okay. uh, this this movie is crazy. Maybe the animation was a little uh, less less uh, subpar to other uh, other movies that we, especially that we've seen this year, even like Secret Life of Pets or any mm-hmm. any film like that. 
Um, and, and that's why I'll give it a little demerit, but this was still so much fun. It's a four and a half out of five for me. Future stoner flick for sure. Future, oh, massively future stoner pick. Yeah, it has to be. It's it really has to right be. right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it has to be. Um, but this one's, uh, when I looked, it, it was at an 80% on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes and a 61 on Meta, so it is dropping a bit. I mean, it is lowbrow. It, some stuff like this doesn't hold up to critics a lot when it, when it gets lowbrow. That's why the bronze was at an 11 fucking percent. Like, it's just, they don't hold up yeah. to critics. But uh, as, as a stoner, as a, somebody that loves comedy, as somebody that loves fucking cartoons, you, you need to do yourself a service and go see Sausage Party. Yeah, I do. I yeah. saw Pete's Dragon. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah, you went you for know. the family route. And I went to food fucking each other. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so I guess That's that shows great where entertainment our, at our, home. Bra- our brains are at. So the, uh, the final uh, of the wide releases this week uh, is a World War II film that it focuses on a part of the war that doesn't get a lot of focus when it comes to cinema, and that is... Uh, before the Americans got to Europe. Uh, this film has Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey and Killian Murphy from, uh, well, he was the Scarecrow in the, in the Batman movies. Uh, this is Anthropoid, take a look. Yes. Yeah, he's great. Kelly Murphy's so good. That's why I really enjoyed him in this role, because I remember Peaky Blinders. Wow, looks intense. Yeah, this movie is very intense. Uh, This is about, uh, this takes place in Czechoslovakia uh, during the Nazi occupation in 1941. Um, and about two uh, Czech-born uh, parachuters uh, sent by the uh, by the British Secret Service to mm-hmm. uh, assassinate the third in uh, in in power in uh, in Hitler's uh, Hitler's Nazi Germany. Yeah. And uh, the guy they're taking out was actually the guy that came up with the uh, the Jewish cleansing method. Oh. And so this guy Ooh. was a was a was a top-ranking official. Um, and uh, Dornan and, and, and Murphy play these, these two kind of like, they're kind of on the flip side of each other. Like, like Dornan sees a future beyond this assassination and beyond this war. He's like much of a romantic at heart and yeah. everything. And Killian Murphy's very business. Like, you know, this is probably going to be the end of us. We're probably going to die in the process of doing this. So he's just... Yeah. Get your, you know, get your affairs straight. Get your affairs straight, get and we're, we're going to do this. Yes, exactly. Like, don't be up in the fucking clouds, type thing. Yeah. Um, and I thought this this movie was quite interesting, mm-hmm. uh, especially dealing with the themes that they're dealing with. I uh, love World up- War II exactly. movies. Those are fantastic. And like, you remember Valkyrie, where it was like a plot to kill Himmler. Yes, the second with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, this, I think, this one's a a, a, low, a smaller but a more thorough version of that, and and kind of. 
I, 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 I dare say it's a better movie. I love movies like that where it's just, I like the intrigue, the political yeah. intrigue, the military I think, intrigue. I think maybe it gets a little tripped up with uh, a romantic subplot mm. uh, a, a bit, but in the end, I think it was very interesting. The production value of this film is insanely good. This comes from writer-director Sean Ellis, a guy that I discovered when I was working at the video stores. I discovered his movie Cashback, which I absolutely loved, and then The Broken, with has, which has Cersei Lannister in it, uh, Lena Headey, yeah. another great film. So I was just like, well, what's this guy going to do next? And right. He does this one where he's his own cinematographer as well. He doesn't hire a cinematographer. He does it all himself. That's cool. So, yeah, this wow. guy is very hands-on. At that. He, like, writes, directs, films it himself. Like, very, very hands-on. True artist right there. Or, like, one of those British guys you're going to want to keep an eye out for. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed Anthropoid quite a bit. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Cool. I thought it was very, very interesting. Uh, it's it's not doing too well in Rotten Tomatoes at 33 right now, so uh, not doing well. Not a people. A lot of people are liking it as much as I did, but all right, give hey, it you a know, try. nuts to them. Whatever. Um, all right, so let's uh, move on to our limited releases this week. Uh, these are the films that you want to go off the beaten path a little bit and uh, kind of research which theater in your city you're going to be able to find these. And yeah. <laughs> I think this top one is, is going to be one people are going to want to check out, especially those Breaking Bad fans out there that want to see Brian Cranston get into another drug-type production. Uh, this one is based on the true story of uh, career undercover customs agent Robert Mazur. This is The Infiltrator. Take a look. Nice. Gentlemen, I sincerely apologize. Family business got in the way. We are going to have a fantastic evening. I promise you that. Oh, yeah, this and, and nice I mean, mustache. It looks the film looks great. This grainy quality really works for it. Uh, the cast is great. You have uh, besides Cranston, you have John Leguizamo, Dion Kruger, uh, Olympia Dukakis, uh, Amy Ryan, uh, Benjamin Bratt, and a guy you oh, see. Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt plays uh, plays Escobar's Welcome heavy. Back. One of Escobar's uh, right hand men. Mm -hmm. um, and then the guy that you see gets him into the car there, Joseph Gilgan. That who, if you're not watching Preacher, you need to fucking watch it right now. He plays Cassidy on that show. That's right. Um, I, I wanted to love this film so much. Uh, Brad Furman, uh, he did a film with Tyrese called The Take. He did The Lincoln Lawyer, which I thought was a pretty good film. It wasn't bad. Uh, then he did a film called Runner Runner, which was just shit with Justin Timberlake and Ben Affleck, and it was just not a good film. No. Uh, he actually hires his mom, Ellen Brown Furman, to write this film for him, the right infiltrator for him. It's a mom and son production. Oh. That seems to punch every gangster film cliche through its whole two-hour oh. production. Like, oh, every really? single... Scarface, like anything you wanted, everything you think of a drug film, it hits that. Everything at that some they were point. influenced by, all the yeah. movies they had seen in the past. So rather than try to take this very interesting story of a very interesting person like Robert Mazur, who is actually the uh, who's the consultant for films like uh, Miami Vice and any kind of drug trafficking movie, and made it into a dull gangster cliche. 
Oh. And I mean, Cranston is fucking fantastic. You cannot keep this actor down. No. But the story does. The That's story does. And, Such a waste. And, yeah. So I, in the end, it was only a, a two for two. me. Two out of five for me. It's at a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 66 on Metascore. And so it's very limited. It, it is very limited. Uh, it might expand if, if, uh, if you know, enough butts get in seats for that one, but you might want to wait for Netflix on that one. You're not going to want to hit the This is a total VOD pick. Yeah, yeah, I think the cliches will become apparent to a lot of people, especially if you are very well-versed in drug films or uh, yeah. gangster films. Okay. So unfortunate, unfortunate. Um, this next one is a, it's a bit of an oddball. This is a Brazilian-Canadian co-production uh, that is a, kind of a multi-story that each story feeds into the next story, and it's hard to explain, but just take a look at this new film called Zoom. You're not that kind of girl. Maybe I'm not this type of girl. I love her shirt. But you're... Mm -hmm. I love her. Definitely. <laughs> Big fan Not of Alison Hill. That's Jason J. Baruchel's ex-wife. And the structure and the look of this film is incredibly interesting. Yeah, this 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 one's an odd duck. Like I said, it, it's, Looks like it, it. it's a bunch of different stories that kind of feed into the next one. Like she's a comic book artist that's working at like like a, a sex doll factory where she paints up sex dolls and stuff like that. But like by different parts, they're all like disassembled and she just yeah. like paints them up. But she's also a comic book artist that starts doing this comic book about a filmmaker which is Gael Garcia Bernal, because then it moves into that story. Okay. And, but that filmmaker is making a story about a, uh, a, a novelist. Yeah. Which feels into that story. So it is, like, multifaceted. Uh, it's got an interesting cast. Like I said, Gael Garcia Bernal mm -hmm. is the film director. that You saw uh, Alison Pill there from uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Right. Uh, you also have uh, Jason Priestley is the novelist in this movie. Cool. Uh, Tyler Labine, you see there quickly there. Yeah. Uh, Maple Ridge's own Tyler Labine. Yeah. Um, and Don McKellar, a great Canadian filmmaker. Uh, Michael Acklin, a really awesome character actor. I was going to say this had a lot of Canadiana in it. Definitely. Yeah. But the director, Pedro Morelli, is from Brazil, who mm -hmm. made a movie called Entre News, uh, which is an interesting film in itself. Um, and... Not much is known about this movie. I was actually like a bit into this movie and my screener decided to just blow up. Just blow up and I just like had this sigh. buffering arrow. It had it with you. Constantly. Maybe, maybe Every it was minute you. it would stop and it would do that. But I was really into this movie. I thought it was very interesting. Very the movie inventive. wasn't into you. No, it was not no. into me. It was just we're, we were not uh, feeling that that Didn't have the flow, didn't have the focus. That, yeah. that golden five that we wanted. 
Um, but I, I would say go check this one out. If you, uh, go look for it. I believe in, if you're in Vancouver, the Rio Theater will be playing this one. So a little bit off the beaten path, like I said, as a limited release. So uh, check this out. Very artsy. Very artsy. Definitely is gonna gonna give you some of those uh, those inspirational thoughts if you're a creative person, for sure. All right. All right. So let's uh, move on to the next one. This one is a indie <laughs> comedy filled with people that you know their faces and you know their TV shows and you're like, hey, I know that person. Led by Nelson BC's own Thomas Middleditch, this film is called Joshy. Take a look. Hey, man. Joshy called me. Do you remember when I put the deposit no, down on that house in Ohio for his bachelor party? Well, you can't get the deposit back. Are you gonna go? This weekend is going to be great for us, cleansing the palate. Keep it light, keep it fun. Yes. He's hurting and he's been going through a lot. Now I'm hurting too. Let's not compare the hurt of a breakup with what Joshy went through. Those songs we used to sing. Josh, the man of the hour. Sit down, right. sit down, sit down. My boy here told me there was a bachelor party. No, I was going to get married, but I'm not, I'm not anymore. I so thought good you part. said that this is a bachelor party. Oh, um, we're not even really using that word. <laughs> Coming out with my friends. Uh, yeah, how could I resist? Hey, it's the girl from the bar. Hello. How you doing, Josh? Are you talking to anybody? Seems to me like Joshua got us together to have a fun weekend. I don't appreciate bringing my four-year-old into a room that's coated in cocaine powder. You think if I knew your kid were coming, I would have laid out drugs. You offered him cocaine. <laughs> Guys, we got a rally here. Okay, energy is low. I have a friend that I could introduce you to, to your interest. Does she like desperate, broken men with nothing to offer? Most American women like that kind of thing. <laughs> it's pretty late, people are tired, we don't need music put on. Maybe the night's just over. Trust me, the night is not over. You're never gonna take my wings away. Holy, that's a yeah. long clip. It is, as, as, well, it's the trailer, essentially. Yeah. Because um, there was no clips for that one that I could find. Uh, this is, uh, like, weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Mumblecore Horror. This is Mumblecore indie document, uh, indie comedy here. Mumblecore. Mumblecore. So, Explain uh, that again. Uh, so it's just basically a lot of off-the-cuff, not a set script to this one. Uh, it's very low-key, uh, low-budget. Like, this one was probably made for 50 grand or, or, or maybe, like, at highest, a couple hundred grand yeah um, but I mean yeah Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley Adam Pally from uh, Happy Happy Endings uh, Alex Ross Perry who is a great writer director in his own way uh, Nick Kroll Brett Gelman Jenny Slate Aubrey Plaza a lot of people Joe Swanberg who mm. uh, who is one of the people behind the, the film that you brought not too long ago Creep um, yeah, very interesting very interesting cast uh, and if you like these kind of uh really small indie comedies with, with uh, great comedic actors, then uh, Joshi is definitely the movie for you. Uh, it's at a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 58 on Metascore, but I I would still check that one out for sure. That one must, that one's probably a really hard one to find. Yeah, it probably is, yeah. yeah it's a Lionsgate premiere, so you might want to hit the website to find out exactly where you can find that one. Yeah, good luck for that one. Yeah. All right, so the final one this week, uh, 
I've said before that I'm a massive fan of film documentaries, uh, something that is very close to my heart. But another thing that also really gets me interesting is a well-told political documentary. And that's exactly what we have this week from two first-time directors tackling a pretty scandalous uh, politician. But once you get into the movie, is he really that scandalous? This film is called Wiener. Check it out. you tell my voice? I haven't talked to you in a year. How is the engagement? I want all the details. Uh, what yeah, is perfect direct. engagement? Well, that's good. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Well, he's working very hard. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Have a nice, uh, have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. All right, he'll max, his wife is going to max out, and he'll try to raise another five. He's like, you know, I've never wow. given a raise in my life. And, uh, Wow. So, okay, let's let's explain uh, who Anthony Weiner is. Anthony Weiner was a New York congressman who, uh, on the Democrat side, uh, he was the kind of guy that would call out the Republicans for uh, not wanting tax breaks so they could pay the first responders at 9-11 and stuff like that. He was mm -hmm. a ferocious chihuahua of a human being that would call people on their bullshit, call people on their greed, call people mm -hmm. out for doing shit. And then he got caught tweeting a picture of his dick to uh, to one of his supporters, and the world exploded. Just crazy. Who the tweets? World. Yeah. Did they actually tweet or was I, it? A it message? was a tweeted picture. It was a tweeted picture of his underwear. That's right. I remember. Yeah. And it was it it, it was you know an oversight and, and and an ability to control himself when it came to social media and texting and, and inappropriateness. Uh, being that this man is also married to uh, Huma Abedin, who is the right. right hand of Hillary Clinton, who is now the vice chairperson in Hillary's uh, presidential campaign. The two were married by Bill Clinton. Like, this There's is a scandalous. tight family connection with the Clintons, Exactly, sure. but this film is not about the scandal. No. This film is about two years after he resigned, right. where he tried to run for New York mayor. And watching this and watching his beliefs and watching his morals and everything and what he's, the platforms that he's running with, he's really a person that could have done a lot of good. Mm -hmm. like, and that's the, that's the harshest thing is once the media put, gets you in their crosshairs for something, you're just going to be doomed to repeat yourself. You're just, yeah. You're never going to get out of that hole. They're going to constantly want answers that you can't give them. Yeah, and but he's a bit of a sympathetic. Character he is a bit time. of a sympathetic character, um, but will he get kind of fall into his own trappings? It, it's kind of it, there's some kind there's of the other question. things going on. It's kind of the question. I found yeah. this documentary massively fascinating, yeah. especially as a human story when uh, you know with your own fallibilities, but then also as a political story where it's just kind of like the media burying somebody that could really be good. For the city, for the country, like it's, oh, that's too bad. It's, it's harsh. It's harsh, and, and it uses yeah. clips from from different uh, different news outlets, uh, Daily Show, Colbert Report, um, yeah. and, and you know he gets attacked on a MSNBC show with a guy named Lawrence O'Donnell, who just outrightly attacks him with the first question being, "What's wrong with you?" You're like, are you fucking serious? This yeah, is how sensational wow. these hardball shows get. Oh, for sure. Like, it's Politics is a nasty game. Oh, I mean, disgusting. we're seeing it play out right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a that's a nasty business to be in, especially if you've got you know some things in your life that you know can make in the social media world uh, make it really bad for you because it's yeah. really easy to go you know down that road. Sometimes I can understand why sometimes people forget. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? You get trapped into that and just spout off on, you know, Facebook or Twitter or send dick pics. Yeah, that's exactly it. And he also has a very hot temper and gets him into a lot of trouble as well. See, yeah. So you got to stay off social. That's why you got to have social media handlers. Yeah, exactly. Stage in your life, right, Christy Clark? Right. Ooh. You, Mr. Political, Mr. British Columbia. Somebody that should have somebody monitoring their account so they don't say stupid shit. Oh. So anyway, this is a 96% certified. An 84 on Metascore. I'm giving this one a five out of five, oh, buddy. Magic five. See that how that happens? Feel That's the power. How that Feel the power. So yeah, uh, I'd say definitely Field. check out check out Wiener. You're going <laughs> check out Wiener. I'll leave that. Check where out it the Wiener. Check out the Wiener. I'll leave that one where it stands. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that is it for our limited releases this week. But now we get to uh, a fun port- part of the show where we give you our VOD and Netflix recommendations. So as far as everything that's coming to Blu-ray and DVD right now, there's not. It's a very limited bunch this week, but there's one that came out in limited release and got largely forgotten very quickly. It came out from VVS Films, has Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Jean-Marc Vallée, who did a film called Crazy, as well as Dallas Buyers Club that won Matthew McConaughey Academy Award. This film is called Demolition. Take a look. Nice. I don't think Phil liked before. me that much mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Jersey. I didn't come from money. And I puked on the ice sculpture at our engagement party. Also, he told me once... I don't like you, Davis. <laughs> wow. Julia was a nice girl. A good person. She worked with special needs children. She snorted when she laughed and cried every time they showed footage of the towers falling. Other than that, I don't... I think I knew who she really was. She always said I didn't pay attention. Wow. Huh. I uh, I fell very hard for this movie. Uh, basically, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, plays a, a New York banker uh, that works for his father-in-law. On the way into work with his wife, they're in a car accident and his wife dies. And then he kind of has this uh, epiphany that he really didn't know who she was. Right. Uh, at, at all, and uh, at the hospital, he gets a. He's trying to get a, a bag of M M&M and M peanuts, and it gets stuck in the machine. So he ends up writing a complaint letter to the vending machine company. Right. And then starting to writing all these cathartic letters to them about his life and everything. <laughs> oh, shit. Turns out it's uh, Naomi Watts is on the other end of that, and the two kind of start a relationship. Like a pen pal, sort of yeah, thing. kind of like a pen pal thing. I, I, I really love the heart of this movie. I I, I'm, I, I really dig Gyllenhaal's performance, who I think is becoming one of the forefront actors in the industry right now. I think mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal is very one good. Of the best, mm-hmm. and uh, he just keeps getting better. I mean, from Nightcrawler to Prisoners to this film, I mean, mm-hmm. he's just fantastic. Enemy. He's had a really great post two thousand ten for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, you know. <clears throat> If you forget Prince of Persia and some of the other movies, yes, um, well, yeah. But uh, Demolition is going to be available on uh, VOD. You can also pick that one up on Blu-ray for pretty cheap. Um, I would recommend that one definitely. Yeah. So I was flipping through Netflix and uh, I came across one of our favorite comedians, David yeah, Cross, definitely. Uh, making America great again. He called it, uh, and it's his comedy special. And again, it's on Netflix. And uh, I checked it out. But here's a clip. 
asked me a question. What subjects will you be talking about tonight? I will be doing a chunk of time on next year's CMAs. There will be some nudity, uh, some mildly tasteful, some uh, outrageously offensive. How are you? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> What's the meaning of life? God, I don't know. <laughs> I was jerking off this morning <laughs> to the Statue of Liberty, and <laughs> usually gets a standing ovation. All right, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I love this, that guy. Oh my goodness! Um, you know what? Thing David Cross doesn't get enough credit for is his comedy on politics, mm -hmm. and I know that kind of post 9/11. When all that stuff went down, he did some stand-up that some people found really offensive mm -hmm. and criticized him for. And that he took time off of stand-up comedy. Yeah. Um, and so he's kind of returning to form here. And he, he definitely goes off on all those sort of different things, uh, like he likes like religion as one. Uh, he definitely gets into Donald Trump and, and things like that. Gun control, he, goes, yeah. he has some really interesting things to say. And so the great thing about David Cross is that he's funny, he tells great stories, um, but his opinion, though, is also really interesting. And um, he's, he's one of those guys that will pretty much say what he thinks, and whether you like it or not. Now, he, he does play it a little bit safe in this, in this uh, um, special. I mean, um, the stuff on, like I said, gun control was, was edgy and, and, and interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but he does play a little bit safe, but it doesn't take away from just how good he is. And, you know, this, he's one of those com comics that he likes to kind of stand up there and use a lot of dramatic pauses and, mm -hmm. and tell stories and have commentary. It's not like a laugh a minute type thing. Um, but he sets things up really nicely. I think that's one of the great things about David Cross. Yes. Is he sets his jokes up really nicely, and and uh, some of them are very thought-provoking. So I enjoyed it, especially yeah. if if you had a nice, you know, indica beforehand. Yes. It's uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And you've already blown through all the with Bob and David. And yes, exactly. <laughs> love yeah. that guy. Love love David Cross. Love Bob Odenkirk and anybody involved with the Mister Show universe. So if you like his type of style of stand-up, um, you know, kind of almost no holds barred at times, uh, mm. then by all means, he can be offensive, I guess, for some people. Mm. I love his brand of humor, though. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Alrighty. So that is our Netflix and VOD recommendations. You can check those out on Netflix. And your video-on-demand machine. Just crank it up. Alrighty. So let's get to uh, our news portion of the show where we uh, try to give you what's going on in the world of uh, film right now. Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to another exciting news flash from Flex All of Us. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Cannabis Love Network. Keeping cannabis in your life. All right, so one of my film crushes for the last uh, couple of years has has definitely been Brie Larson ever since I saw her on uh, United States of Terra or playing Envy on uh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim versus the World where she sang, sings that really awesome metric song Black Sheep 
Uh, she did an amazing film called Short Term 12. She was Amy Schumer's sister in Trainwreck. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this girl is just in so much good stuff. Uh, she is now Captain Marvel. Uh, Carol Danvers in the uh, in the uh, Marvel universe now, um, and uh, she's got Kong Skull Island coming out, which looks fucking awesome. She's working. She's working hard. She's working. And now she's going to be directing her own her first feature film, an indie comedy called Unicorn Store, and I'm totally down. I'm totally down. This girl kind of knows the independent scene as well. Short Term mm. Twelve is very much. Uh, and attributing to that fact as well, she's done a lot of great work in those fields, and I, I feel like she's kind of a person that watches how people make films, and uh, I, I, I'd say this is a very notable thing uh, for her to do, especially when kind of after winning the Academy Award this year for Room, where all eyes are kind of on her right now, so I, I think she will kind of excel in that. Now's the time to way. kind of do the projects you want to do. Exactly. When you have that notoriety, when you have that backing behind you, when producers are like, well, shit, I know you, and I know you bring money. Yep. That's a good time to, to definitely uh, jump on board of making something your own. Yes. So I'm looking forward to Unicorn Store for sure. If, we'll see if that title changes at all. But hmm. uh, The second one of this week, uh, of course, Suicide Squad made $133 million over last week, uh, oh. crushing August records. You're going to see probably a more than 50% decline on that one. Um, of course, before that, uh, fans were wanting to shut down Rotten Tomatoes, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and yeah. now a fan wants to, uh, a fan in Scotland wants to sue Warner Brothers for there not being enough Joker in the movie. But Jared Leto says oh, there is God, enough. God, really? There is enough cut Joker footage to make a standalone Joker film. And my question to you, Jared, is who wants to see that? Really? I'm hearing crickets. Uh, yeah, exactly. After the portrayal that we saw in Suicide Squad of Joker, which we spoke about last week, there is not much of that dialogue that really makes any sense in the fucking movie in the first place. And like I said, you're a sleazy nightclub owner that yes. likes to slip drugs into girls' drinks in that film. Yes, that's essentially what and, you are. And has the stupid thing on his hand. It's, oh, there's, why? There's, there's limited Jokerisms. If there is stuff in this footage that gives us a clear indication that there is any forethought of the real Joker, then maybe I'd like to see that. But at this point, I don't fucking care. No, he's really so over care. the top and he, it's, just yeah, I, tries I, to be crazy, but again, it's, it's like he's acting crazy. It's just crazy. like a sleazy drug lord is what yeah. he comes across, which is not Joker's character at all. You failed on this character, and I don't think anyone wants to see a standalone Joker film out of it. I don't, Steve. Yeah. All right, and the last one, also DC-related, new Superman movie is aggressively in the works now. A standalone, another standalone uh, super, Superman movie. Uh, at this point, spoilers, the guy's fucking dead in the movies. They address it in Suicide Squad. He's Slide. not dead. He's not dead. We know he's not dead because we had that Christopher Nolan like ending of Batman versus Superman where the dirt yes. flies in the air a little bit. Uh, again, who fucking cares, DC? Make us <laughs> care. Make us care about these movies. Well, who's who's all, directing it? No one. They, they haven't have a said yet. Yeah, probably Zack Schneider. Um, no one else will touch it. No, I'm telling you no right one now. else will touch it. Before you keep trying to hype new movies and rebirths of other movies, why not give us a good movie a movie that we can without a doubt say is good hoping wonder woman is that movie. that i'm really hoping that too that trailer is sick mm -hmm. if you haven't seen the wonder woman trailer check that out that might be our only championing 
moment in this DC Cinematic Universe right Let's now. Let's not pretend, though, that when Marvel <clears throat> first had their cinematic universe going, mm -hmm. <clears throat> pardon me, that there weren't some bad films. There were some bad ones. Iron Man 2. Yes, exactly. There are some bad ones, but I don't think Iron Man ever set itself up to be, besides that one scene at the end with, uh, with uh, in the end credits with uh, Samuel L. Jackson mm -hmm. being in his house, and besides Rhodey, then played by uh, Terrence Howard, going next time to the, the Mach 3 suit, there wasn't really a lot of like, this is going to be one massive universe. Yeah. And Man of Steel... And, and Batman versus Superman are like trying to run before they've even grown legs. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's failing at every turn. And at a certain point, the fans are just going to expect you to fail. Yep. Especially after two movies that, one movie that was just fucking atrocious, which is Batman versus Superman, and the Suicide Squad one, which you're like, like that's your feeling about the movie. You, you yeah. You don't want to you you don't want to say it's the worst piece of shit ever, but you don't want to even say it's good. No. You know. No. And which is sad. Which is sad. And you can kind of weed out the people that you really want to talk to when they're like, "Oh, Batman versus Superman is amazing," and you're like, "Huh." Yes, you can't be my friend if you huh. think that. <laughs> huh. Mm. Okay. I know okay. kind of movie lover we won't you are. Be, we won't be talking movies very often. No. I don't think. No. But, you know, to, to, to each their own. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll end off that on. All right, so uh, let's, let's calm down, because I felt like I got a little bile there and a little angry. Anytime little anybody arms. brings up uh, Warner Brothers and DC, I just whine just wanna, Steve up. Yeah, man. you just want to get that. it out. Let so, it out, Steve. So let's calm down. Let that down. anger out. Let's get some couch lock going on. Let's take a puff and tell you our stoner picks. <laughs> All right, all righty, all righty, all righty. So we're going to get into a couple of milestone movies. Uh, Trevor's a little bit older than mine, but mine is about half the age of that, and uh, it's actually getting a really, really cool new edition on uh, by Shout Factory. Uh, it's a horror movie that came out of nowhere and introduced a filmmaker to me that is, is very interesting. Now, this film is called Session Nine. Take a look. Where'd you find this? Uh, it was actually when I was uh, when I was renting movies a bunch from a, a D video. I found this film called this film Session Nine. It's got like David Caruso, Peter Mullen, Brendan Sexton the Third, like very low, very kind of construction crews in here. Not a lot of people so knew about it. I just kind of picked it out. I've got four really good guys. One week we're gone. That's fast. I need the job. So the loonies are outside in the real world, and here we are with the keys to the loony bin, boys. <laughs> Might actually want to be oh, grateful, Lucas, you're about sorry. to make some decent money. What's the catch? Patricia Willard scandal, 1984. <laughs> I want you to try to remember what happened 24 years ago. Use your imagination. These shrinks figured that with these new techniques they designed, they could release hidden memories. You okay? I want to go home. I wouldn't tell anybody about this. If they find out about Hank, they're going to find out about the others. Quit of the others. That looks creepy. <laughs> this film Fuck. is diabolical. It, it, it's really a slow burn that 
it just it hits a trigger of intensity and all of a sudden you're just like in it. Um, when you say about, slow burn, I totally picture myself just sitting here yeah, watching that movie. It is a, it is a creeping dread slow, as slow you burn. slowly, yeah, as you slowly kind of slide forward and you're like, what is going on? It's immersive, right? Yes, it is. It's about a crew, uh, a, a crew of asbestos uh, workers go in, they go in and just tear down asbestos pieces with masks and everything. They go into an old abandoned asylum that is looking to be torn down. Um, but this there's just too much history in this place and it starts to seep into them and seep into their minds and start driving them crazy. David Caruso gives a fantastic performance in this movie. And I, this is so crazy for me because David Caruso is, at this point, largely a joke. Because yeah. of CSI Miami and the sunglasses and the Horatio yeah. Kane and all that bullshit. This is before he started his CSI Miami thing. So it was in the in the murky times uh, at the end of NYPD Blue and, and before CSI. Um, and he knocks it out of this park. Uh, this movie was made by a director named Brad Anderson who made a film called The Machinist. I don't know if you've ever seen yes, that one. Yes, Christian Bale. This guy knows oh my God. how to make really cool films. Yes. Um, and, and if you haven't seen Session 9 and you love a good horror or a good thriller, just go and buy the Scream Factory uh, anniversary edition of this one because you will not regret it. You will absolutely love this one and you will push it onto your friends. It's that good. Session nine, 15 years old this week. Wow, okay. All right, well I go to a little little ditty, little film <laughs> that's uh, 30 years old this week, mm -hmm. okay? And it's uh, an adaptation of an old Stephen King story. And uh, I've got a clip right here. I think everyone's going to know what I'm talking about. I'm never going to get out of this town. The river. The body. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want, man. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Sure. You know how tragically close Chris Chambers' life is to River Phoenix, too? Give me some skin. He grows old and dies of a drug overdose. So weird. Yeah. How charismatic is River Phoenix, though? He's fantastic. Not if I see you first. I love Gordy and Chris's friendship. Chris did get out. He enrolled in the college courses with me, and although it was hard, he gutted it out like he always did. He went on to college and eventually became a lawyer. Last week, he entered a fast food restaurant. Just ahead of him, two men got into an argument. One of them pulled a knife. Chris, who had always made the best piece, tried to break it up. Yep. He was stabbed in the throat. He died almost instantly. <sighs> yeah, such a... It's, I remember Heavy. the first time you saw that movie when you were a kid. <sighs> uh, and were you not blown away? I was totally blown away because it's honestly a mix of so many different things. Like, it's, it's adventure. Mm -hmm. It is coming of age. Yeah. It is storytelling, um, but then it, it is the harsh reality of your situation. Yeah. So, I mean, if people don't know, uh, Stand By Me is directed by Rob Reiner, mm -hmm. and uh, it's about these uh, a friend of theirs has died, and they have to go and find his body. And so they go on this little bit of it. They leave their homes, and they go on this little bit of an adventure to go and try to find this body of their friend. And uh, Keeper Sutherland is in it as well. You as a mentioned. Villain. I mean, we were talking Will Wheaton, uh, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, uh, John Cusack, was, yeah. uh, Jerry O'Connell. Uh, as, as Jerry O'Connell was kid. very good. As a portly kid, too, Vern. Yeah. Yeah. 
This and is, uh, it's such a great movie. Yeah. And then, you know, it's uh, it's considered probably one of the best Stephen King adaptations that's, so. uh, that's out there. Even Stephen King has said multiple times that he thinks Stand By Me is. Um, it's kind of, to kind of put a weed hook onto it, mm -hmm. Kiefer Sutherland actually tells a story about how he used to kind of pick on them and stuff like that because he was the older one. And he was only in the movie a little bit, but when he was on set, he used to kind of pick on all the boys a little bit because he was very kind of, you know, method actor sure. and trying to try, you know, try to keep this, the bully persona going. And, uh, but they would go and hang out, him and all the kids at the time, because they were kind of still kids, these actors, like River Phoenix and all them. You know, they were kind of, you know, teenage kids. Yeah. Well, and they would sure. go to uh, the fair, a nearby fair where, near the set where, where they were filming it. And uh, they got some cookies, and uh, these kids did weed cookies at the fair. And these teenagers, <laughs> and I guess Jerry, they found Jerry O'Connell like two hours later underneath a bench or something crying. And so Keeper Southern likes to tell this story about how he got these teenagers high at a fair. That's hilarious. Yeah. Classic, yeah. classic Kiefer. <laughs> classic. So anyway, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It's 30 years old. Um, you know, I think it's worth revisiting in my opinion. Yeah. But like I said, you know, probably it's definitely a couch lock where you want to get it, you know, a good indica and just sink right in. I just, I love the whole s story. I like the, the puking. <laughs> Pits. Oh yeah, the puking bed, the leeches. There, yeah. there's, so oh. many, there's so many just really, really iconic scenes, parts, you know, yeah. running by, you know, in front of the train and and stuff yeah. that like for me reminds me of childhood of watching this film mm -hmm. at a younger age for sure. How many times do you want to go with your friends and go on some so sort many of adventure? Times. You know what I mean? There's Let's go out to the woods, kids. You do you that life uh, that life affirmation. Yeah, at like as like an early, like a preteen or, or like a just you're just thirteen years old, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always want that, and that closeness with a group of friends is something you always want. Which they really captured in yeah. Stand by Me. That's so. that's awesome. That's a that's a really great pick. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I and it I doesn't even have to be a stoner flick. No. It's just one I wanted to bring because it it is one that you want to celebrate with you know a bit of a joint and, and whatnot because yeah. it's it's just such a cool film. Definitely, definitely. Those are some really great picks. Our VOD Netflix picks and our stoner picks are definitely the ones that are really knocking it out this week for sure. All right, so that uh, brings us to the end of episode 40, the Hulk Hogan episode. Brought to you by the Hulk. Yeah. yeah Eat brought your you vitamins, the... say your prayers. That's Steve. right, that's right. And, and uh, you know, new, new, new world order, <laughs> we'll say as well. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. You just want, you want to hear that, uh, the uh, crazy, the. Uh, the, the guitar uh, riff. Yeah, the uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix riff yeah. right now, which we can't play right now. No, we can't. <laughs> yeah. We won't play that one right now. But uh, you can find our show on the Cannabis Life Network, our, our lovely home here in our, our studio and everything. Um, follow them for sure. Um, and you can also follow us on theleagueofmanchildren.com and on The Daily Hive, which is national now. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter, at the Steve Dead. I'm at Trev Duick. And what do we got going on for episode 41? Uh, well, we have uh, eight movies hitting screens next week. Uh, we have Leica Animation's brand new, highly anticipated film, especially for me, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm -hmm. uh, the reimagining of a Bible epic. Uh, we have mm -hmm. Miles Teller and a Jonah and Miles Teller and Jonah Hill in a Todd Phillips movie based on a true story that is crazy to even think it's true. 
Um, and then uh, in Limiteds, we have an all-lady Wall Street that was supposed to come out last week. It's coming out this week. We have a really great film from uh, filmmaker Ira Sachs coming out as well. Um, we also have uh, my favorite screenplay of this year. It's probably going to win an Academy Award. If it doesn't, there's Highway of Robbery coming from the writer of Sicario last year. Um, a new Joel Kinnaman film. He played Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad. And Daniel Radcliffe going undercover as a skinhead. Sounds interesting to me. Intriguing, man. It's a good list. Yes, but that is it from us here at Flix Anonymous. For Trevor, I'm Steve Stabbing. Let's get out of here. Bye, everybody. Hey, you crazy simphiles. Thanks for listening to Flix Anonymous. We can be heard weekly on VanCityBuzz.com and LeagueOfManChildren.com. Feel free to send us nasty and abusive social media messages on Twitter at Flix Anon. If you need more characters to tell us how much we suck, you can find Flix Anonymous on Facebook. Until next week, may your weed be sticky and your scotch be hoppy.